Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio, the ABC Network. A new day, new show. Uh, a very awesome, interesting topic uh, about mentorship. Uh, with me, I have someone that we've been trying to book this show for <laughs> quite a while now. We finally made it. And you know what? It's got to be worth it. And so, so without any further ado, I have with me Amrit Singh. He is a high momentum life coach and spiritual seeker. So that's a lot of loaded stuff in there. We're going to break all that down as to the work he does and uh, what is, you know, his mission. And it's going to help us, uh, you know, really maybe twist things, you know, around in our lives and, and hopefully, you know, just benefit from the discussion today. Uh, so without any further ado, Amrit, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Hurricane. Super excited to be on the show. Well, likewise. Well, so so as always, I always start with the concept of, you know, introduction. I mean, I, I give a brief one, but it's never enough. So, so Amrit, let's talk about your backstory, your background. Uh, and, and, you know, I know you, you and I, we just briefly chatted that that you are located in mexico so that's going to be an interesting transition how do you, you know you know so let's go about that you know well it will be an interesting you know intro here go for it yeah oh well, i'm originally even if you wouldn't believe it born and bred in germany and so i'm very german at the core and i realized that you know traveling in the world a lot you know how german i am when i'm back in germany i'm not german at all because you know i've been out the last 25 years but you know living here in mexico now or also in my time in india i you know i realized my deep germanness and so that's always a fun one you know when i'm showing up for meetings like five minutes earlier and everybody else <laughs> comes a little later that was a hard lesson i needed to learn in india and in germany uh, and here in mexico but so I grew up in Germany, regular childhood, and then around, you know, my teenage years, and again, unfortunately, regular childhood, you know, I got into alcohol, I got into drugs, I got into partying, and I really realized I was doing that because I was seeking for something, you know, I was seeking for this spiritual connection. And back in the 80s and 90s, there was just not a lot of, you know, you couldn't go on the internet, you couldn't go on spiritual TikTok and, and you know, get things <laughs> that explained at the highest level. So I was like, you know, I was getting my spiritual connection from getting high. And that was great, right? In the beginning, like this, oh my God, you're smoking weed. And I got so high and I felt my body and I felt my spirituality. And so I was like, dude, I figured this out. I just have to smoke more weed. <laughs> a lot of so listeners are going to be happy about that right now. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years. And then I got to a point where I was like, shit, I'm smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> and nothing changed, right? I mean, if you ever smoked a lot of weed, you know what happens is like, you're happy on the couch, you're happy watching reruns of cartoons <laughs> and eating your chips. And nothing changed. So I looked back like a month. I was exactly the same. Looked back like a year. Oh, shit. I was sitting here on the couch smoking weed a year ago. So when a friend of mine introduced me to yoga, I was like, sure, I'll try out this yoga thing. And so I got into it and, of course, went stoned because it was in the afternoon and we already had like a lot in there. And it was this super profound experience. 
And then the teacher was like, you know, he kind of caught on to, to all of us being stoned in the class. And he's like, look, guys, you know, I want to teach you yoga and I want to teach you this deep meditation practice, but you can't come stoned. And so 80% of my friends dropped out of that yoga class right then and there. But I was like, okay, there, you know, I had a sense there's something in here. And so I made it a point to go back to the next class without smoking weed. And I got this super deep spiritual experience. And I was like, oh, my God, I found the Holy Grail. I found the new path in how I can truly connect with my spirituality without having to use substances to get me there, you know, and without having to use that addiction. So from there, it was it was a bumpy path because I would have these three-month, six-month periods you know, where I would practice yoga really deeply and were completely off. And then I got kind of pulled back in. You know, I was living in Germany, my friends, my old friend group, they were all partying still. And so I always I had this back and forth for five years and it was super frustrating because, you know, I had this strong period where I would wake up early, eat super healthy, practice yoga, meditate, feel amazing. And then I had these long periods of you know, going back to smoking, drinking, and nothing happened. And so after five years, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I am I need to get out of here. I'm moving to India. So that was my big idea, right? You know, I had read autobiography of a yogi and got all these inspirational things. And I was like, India is the solution to all my problems. So I moved to India. And the idea was really to just go for six months, maybe a year, have an experience, and then bring that back home and integrate that. But I really liked what I got from India at such a deep level because it kept me, it kept me clean. It kept me on my path. You know, I was surrounded by people who were practicing yoga, who were meditating. I was living in the country where spiritual practice is really like number one in their priorities as as a people and there was really no drugs no alcohol around and so it made it super easy and so i stayed and i stayed and i stayed and i stayed for 20 years and i lived in india for 20 years ended up working at a international boarding school you know teaching a little bit yoga ended up in the administration there and then ended up really working with a lot of people one on one and helping them and kind of coaching them in the in the process. And then after 20 years, you know, my my wife came to live there with me, you know, we had our children there, you know, we raised them and we came to a point where we're coming into our 40s and we're like my God, you know, if if we don't make a change now in our life, we're going to live in India for another 30 years. And we were both clear on that. And we came to that separately, my wife and I, where we're like, okay, we, we need to, we need to step into something new. You know, India was great, but it's time for a change. And so we decided to, to move back. And then we're like, where are we moving back to? My wife is Mexican. You know, she left Mexico oh. when she was 17 and. You know, I had left Germany with 25. So we didn't really have like a place to move to. And it was like this, hey, we could live anywhere in the world. You know, we could live on Bali. We could live in the States. We could, I mean, we could do anything. And we're like, oh man, that's this too much. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's, let's just go back for the summer to Germany. 
Choices, choices, yeah. huh? Yeah, too many choices. <laughs> and if you've ever been to Germany in the summer, Germany is amazing in the summer. You know, all the Germans are in a great mood. You know, you got all the, you know, like it's light till 11 o'clock at night. It's warm during the day. It's, it's a beautiful place to be. Unfortunately, only in the summer. So, you know, like note to all the listeners, if you ever visit Germany or like Berlin, you know, like one of those super happening places in the summer and you're saying like, oh my God, I love this. I want to move here. First, go visit in November or December, and then make your final decision. decision. <laughs> right. So we ended up staying in Germany, and then COVID hit, and we were locked down in Germany with Germans who take rules seriously. You know, there was no like, you know, like rules like when you want to walk the dog, only one person can walk the dog because two people could spread COVID to the world or something. I don't know what, you know, it was like in the beginning, you remember like how crazy we all were with, with not understanding how it all works. And so we ended up on lockdown in Germany for two years and it was rough. It was really, really rough. You know, I had my I had my online job, which I was doing, which I didn't love, but it was paying the rent. And it was all like this whole like, okay, whatever, you know, like we just sit it out. And then sitting it out turned into two years of sitting it out. And at some point we got to, to a place where we're just, hey, we're all unhappy here. You know, the, the kids are not happy. My wife is Mexican, <laughs> you know, imagine not happy in Germany. And I'm like, I'm not really happy here either. And this was actually something when I worked with my coach, you know, when I came to this conclusion where it's like, hey, I really want to just quit my nine to five job, you know, jump full time into my coaching and move to Mexico. And he was like, okay, so why are you not doing that? And I was like, oh, shit, why am I not doing that? <laughs> and it came really down because I'm a lot of scared, you know, like moving to another country, learning a new language again, you know, finding new friends by building the social circle, all of this was was such a scary thing. And so in my coaching sessions with him, I really got to the point where I was like, that that's it, you know, there's really nothing else. So I talked to my wife, and she's like, what, you would move to Mexico with me, I would love that. And so really, in a matter of three months, we you know, moved out of our apartment, sold our stuff, you know, packed up again, you know, where I had already from India just moved with a couple suitcases and a few boxes and it like cut down again and moved to Mexico as a family of four with 10 suitcases, which had our whole life in it. And we are like, this is happening. And so we came to Mexico and it was really the best decision I've made in my life until that point. And that's where this deep transition started happening because now things got real, right? I had quit my job. I, you know, I fully stepped into my identity as a coach. I started to build my business and it was a slow process. And so going through that and really experiencing all the struggles and all the challenges allowed me to grow in such a profound way and really show up authentically in my life, which was an amazing transition. And so now we live in this beautiful country in, here in Valle de Bravo by, by a lake in this beautiful mountain town at 6,000 feet. 
you know, the people are nice. Everybody has an open heart. This, it, the sun shines 350 days a year. You know, we got a little rain for like four, uh, uh, four weeks a year. And it's, I mean, it's amazing. We're, we're so blessed. And it was the best decision of my life. Ooh, all right. So I'm right. You know, there's there's quite a bit in there that I'd like to to break down a little bit. Well, first of all, um, I want to say this: congrats on fulfilling your life stuff. Because many people sometimes are afraid, and you, you use the keyword a fear or afraid, and that's most of us are stuck with that. Like we don't want to make that leap of faith to to just make that transition because we're so used to comfort comfort is cool right everybody is in that comfort zone i don't want to like be uncomfortable i actually make a statement always and i say it's time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and and really it, it is what it is and for the most part that's been you know a challenge for many uh if not a lot of us and this journey started with you from from a long time ago now first of all uh, you, you mentioned Germany. I've been to Germany, and I actually love Germany. But yeah, you're right. It was in the summertime, <laughs> and <laughs> I, but I, I didn't go to Berlin. I went in Munich, so it was. Uh, it's one of the best cities I've, I've yeah, you know, amazing I've visited. City. It's beautiful, clean, nice, uh, historically stuff. And then I've been to Mexico many, many, many times. And you're right. It's beautiful, sunny, alive. People are just cheering, you know. And it's it's a, just a different, you know, lifestyle, right? Uh, now I have not been to India, though I have Indian friends, and I have actually I enjoyed the food, and I also enjoyed the culture. Uh, it's funny because uh, I was born and raised in Morocco, and in Morocco when I was a kid, they had these movie theaters that are literally just Indian movies, and so it was so actually Indian and and kung fu movies. So you would go, you watch a movie, you know, that is an Indian in Indian. Uh, language and then you watch a chinese you know kung fu movie yeah, that's all there is cool. so you walk up like singing you don't even know what you're saying and you walk up you know coming out of there so so culturally i've always been you know and and i still actually watch sometimes you know bollywood bollywood movies or listen to their music and, it, and it's you know I, I i'm a again just like you i love culture i uh i love to 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 learn about other folks and their they're just i mean culture is beautiful i mean it's it's amazing i my first job was in the Epcot Center in in Florida, which was World Showcase, which is a cultural experience, you know, an international cultural experience with different cultures, you know, being in one place. We had Germans, we had Moroccans, we had French, we had the British, you know, the English rather. We had the uh, the Japanese, the Chinese. So we had a whole Italians, I and mean, we had a whole bunch of folks that were all mixed in, in there. And it was great to actually live in the same place, same apartment. We shared the same. We had roommates from different parts of the world. So it's beautiful. But but you know, this also leads to the discussion that. When we were young, this was obviously I was like literally twenty, and uh, you know at that age you are still developing your your personality. And in, in your case, you know one of the ways to discover yourself was like let's get high. I mean, <laughs> why not, right? And you know it's a good thing. I mean, I guess for some people to get high. I mean now there is definitely uh, a lot of science behind CBD and hemp and and uh, the benefits of it. But you did it the wrong way, which is the traditional way. You get smoked, <laughs> and basically you're like up there. Now it's funny because I've been to uh, to uh, Amsterdam. Now, if you go to Amsterdam, well, that's like heaven for anyone who wants to get high. I mean, and uh, you know they have these little stores that you can have coffee and and cake <laughs> and get like wasted somehow and just walk out like a zombie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like in the cloud. I don't know, but but it's 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 an interesting thing. But it is a way of sometimes dealing with life and just trying to. Yeah 
find a higher you know place but you're you're right that, that stuff it's your stone basically you're not really 100 percent there and this is yeah. like such a cool point and i want to jump in here because i yeah, love please. this conversation there's a big difference between getting high and getting stoned. stoned. When you're stoned, you're like that zombie who's like, uh, turn on the TV and I can't even move my arm. When you take that micro dose of weed, and I know this is super hard for people to do, especially for weak smokers, because it's like, you know, like to, to just take that tiny bit and it really pushes you into your higher self and into your creativity. And you can create music, you can create art, you can go in the forest and enjoy and you get active from it. And it brings you energy. I say like, smoke that small amount of weed and enjoy it and really expand from it. But when you smoke that whole joint and you just get stoned and you can't move anymore, you overdid it. It's the same with alcohol. It's the same with cigarettes. It's the same Whatever with anything. It it's with yeah. sugar, with salt, with coffee. I mean, you can, the list is so long. When you overdo it and you just end up in that moment when you're just like this zombie or stoned, sure, that might be fun someday too, but you're just escaping from reality. You're, you're escaping from who you truly are, from your real identity. And so I think that's the biggest issue with weed is that people don't understand the difference between, you know, taking one puff, maybe two, and feeling that high and feeling that you're still completely in control versus, oh, yeah, I got the big pipe out and I got hammered and I'm just lying around and nothing happens in my life. Well, you know, it's funny. The keyword stone, like, I mean, think about a big stone and you just like anchor it to the ground. You're really no, not exactly. moving. You're not, you're not high. I mean, it's, no, it's, no. A contra <laughs> it's, it's not the contrast. I'm high. I'm stoned. I mean, you can't be high and stoned at the same time. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, physically, I'm talking just as you as, might as, be as, high yeah. for the first 15 minutes and you <laughs> yeah, really enjoy it, but then you yeah. end up stoned because you overdid it. Uh, well, well, I, I love that. So, so extremism in 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 absorption of anything products, whether to your point, sugar, coffee, food. I mean, anything can can be bad. You gotta have moderate stuff. And again, listen, uh, weed. Like I said, they ha it, it it's become a science now. I mean, there's there's a yeah. whole you know multiple products that are great for us, and uh, yeah. it actually yeah. works with our cannabinoids, you know, system and all the stuff, you know, that, that amazing that, stuff, that, amazing it, science. It, it, it is, but but you know, for the most part, it was done to make you chill and just like. Now, the good news is, I have to say, people that have that that do we, they're not really aggressive. They're just the coolest people to be around. I know, right? I love that. <laughs> they're just chill, right? They're not gonna go, you know, feisty on you, right? And in a way, but but health wise, it's not. And and again, if you're seeking that higher being, uh, your higher self, you know, that's not gonna. You get high, but you're not getting higher. You know, that's. I think that's that's the key. In your case you you were not fulfilled by this and a lot of youth you know experiment with drugs and this and the other and we know and, and unfortunately they just never find themselves as a matter of fact it doesn't matter if you know i've had so many shows about addiction and everybody had a similar experience where they get to a point it's like what 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 the hell you know what's going on here it's not going anywhere i'm i'm not doing it and i'm not successful i'm not fulfilling uh health-wise i'm not doing good relation-wise i'm not going doing good so it's not really a constructive way of living and eventually you're not in your case you you love to travel so you did go to india and you fell in love with india and the culture and yoga 
is I've had also a lot of shows with yogis and different, you know, uh, Ayurveda, you know, Reiki and all the stuff we've done. We, we've done a few shows about these, these, you know, ancient or mainly Indian uh, source type of, of uh, I guess, concepts. And they all have a very high level of spirituality attached to them. Now, yoga yeah. is really getting deep, you know, in, in a concentration mode, meditation. And actually, we had shows about meditation. And I know you use strategic stuff such as meditation and things, and we can talk about that further. And, you know, so you discovered that. And guess what? You were there, you know, for 20 years, you know, in the culture. And, and here's the thing. It's amazing because, you know, you've done this already. You've left your own, I guess, country of birth, you know, I, I'm here the same way. Like, uh, you know, we made that leap. Not everybody is willing to do that, but we did it. And for different reasons, we did it. Uh, and again, to fulfill our destiny, if you want to call it yeah. that way. And, I, and and a lot of people watching and listening, they might have the same desire to actually do this. And you know what? The one thing that, as, as you, you and I mentioned briefly, is that fear, you know, first status. You want to get rid of the fear. You know, if you really want it bad, you go after it, period, and out. And you will discover your way no matter what. And sometimes... Look at you. I mean, you've made the transition, you know, forward and then backwards, and then you move to Mexico. And I guarantee you, if you, I have another friend who's doing exactly that. He's just traveling the world and enjoying life. There's different ways that fulfill people. And if that is what it takes, then you do it. Now let's talk about your experience with the yoga. So you started with yoga and then uh, you started, obviously you had to survive. You have to do work and, and everything else. You have a family to raise and you stayed there. But then what made you get into the live coaching i mean I, is that something that I, I just got it from you that you started recently or that's something that you started when you were in india already oh, before you it, even it's a funny thing because you know when i look back on my life i've been coaching people since i'm 15 you know that's been always my passion you know people would always come to me and be like oh my god it's so amazing to talk these things through with you and it's so helpful but it's really been over the last couple of years that I said, like, why am I just doing this on the side? Why am I just doing this with my friends? Why am I not committing myself 100% to show up as a life coach, right? And so that was another scary one because I was like, I don't know. Then I have to ask for money. Then I have to show up <laughs> differently. Then it becomes weird, right? Is it then still spiritual if I ask for money? I'm so confused, you know? And so I had all these fears and insecurities around it. And when I, when I had my first client who paid me some real money for my coaching and they started getting deeper results than anyone else I had coached before, I was convinced. I was like, oh my God. You know, it's just that simple. It's just to have that exchange, you know, to have someone who would show up because they have made an investment in themselves and they are serious about it. And they say like, yes, I'll pay you a couple thousand dollars and I'll expect something back. And it, it suddenly became serious for me, right? Because I, I had to show up in a whole nother level. You know, my, my level of education increased exponentially and I really wanted to show up at a higher level every single day for my clients and give them more and allow them to grow even further. And so I've been on this, on this crazy trajectory of the last three years of really diving deeper and deeper into how can I serve more? How can I show up more prepared, more educated and really give my clients more value on every session.
Well, well, so thank you. I mean, that's that's a big point right there because I love what you said. You started, I mean, you kind of felt that you were doing coaching and giving advice since early days. And a lot of us do that. Like we always feel like we're, especially if you have a younger person, you always be a big brother, right? You know, you want to tell them what's up. And sometimes even someone older you meet, like you try to give them advice. But it's one thing to give free advice and to expect, you know, to be compensated on it, you know, at a higher level, because now you have accountability and you want to deliver results because no one's going to pay you and expect, you know, just, you know, nothing to change. You want to make sure that you drive results with them and ultimately get, make an impact in their life. And when they see that value, they see that they get in what they are paid and that they're paid for more. That's yeah. when, and then that's fulfilling for you. And this is actually the same for all coaches out there. It uh, doesn't matter, business, life coach, you know, uh, spiritual coach. It's it's always there. I mean, and by the way, all business, when you give a service that you are paid, paid for, you want to do the best that you can in it. And so you can get that result, you know, uh, uh, ultimately to the clients, right? But it's, it's a different level. But you're right. I mean, we all do some level of coaching, you know, and mentorship, you know, with, with our own immediate friends, family. But when you expand it to to the public, you it's a different level and yeah. it's a different fulfilling thing, right? So, but but before, you know, I want to continue in this, but I want to go to the, the core of, of what you coach on. I mean, you started with yoga and you discovered spirituality. You discovered yourself the higher, you know, personal. I mean, we, we talked about high performance, you know, life coach and the spirituality seeker. Now let's, I you know, for our audiences, this word spirituality can be very misconstrued with religion. And because, uh, I mean, sometimes they're one of the same, sometimes they're not. And I, I don't think they're the same. They're two different levels, uh, you know. And so so in your research, in your journey, what what would you define spirituality uh, to our audiences with? Yeah, and I want to start from the point of religion, right? Sure. Religion has been a tool for thousands of years of on this planet for us as human beings, making sense of things which we couldn't put anywhere else, right? So this one group who said, oh, we got this great temple over here. You just come and you pray with us. And when you do these prayers and you do it five times a day and you do it in this very specific fashion, you can connect deeper with your spirit. And then we give you all the answers and then you just give us a little money so we can build another temple and tell more people. And, and that was religion was a great business. And it worked. And people were like, you know, the reason people joined religion is because they have some sense in themselves. And it's this connection to soul. It's this connection to spirit. And they don't know where to put it. And they ask their parents and their parents just shrug their shoulders and go like, I have no clue. You know, I, I used to go to church and I used to pray. And that kind of helped me with these kinds of things. You know, and it's the big things. You know, it's like when someone you truly love passes and suddenly it's not there anymore. It's when you start growing up and you transition from being a child into being an adult. All these kinds of big transitionary moments are a kind of monopolized by religion, right? We say you get married in the church, we do the funeral service, we do, you know, like when you feel really guilty or feel a lot of shame, you go to confession and you let go of these things. So religion just kind of created a tool to serve people in this need. And so that's why it was a good business, right? Any business that serves a need expands and you can look at the, around the world why, why religion has so many followers. For me, spirituality is something very different. 
for me, spirituality is a little bit like we have that spiritual identity in ourselves. Every single one of us has this. You know, every baby that is born on this planet has it. Every person who's 80, 90, 100 years old has the spiritual connection. And the way how I always like to express it is it's really not for us as human beings going out into the world trying to find spirituality and have a spiritual experience. But we're really spiritual beings coming on this planet, taking on a human body and having a human experience, you know, and having to deal with, oh, my God, I need to eat. I need to go to the bathroom. I, I have sexual urges. I feel like, you know, like I have emotions. I have these things I need to figure out. I need to make money. That's that's human experience. But at our core, every single one of us is a spiritual being. And how deeply you are connected to that essence in yourself that is really what spirituality means. Spiritual lifestyle, spiritual path, spiritual pursuit has nothing to do with going out there and finding the guru who tells you what to do or finding that new religion, which gives you even a better tool on how to connect with your own spirituality. But it's all about like closing your eyes, feeling deep inside and feeling that core essence inside of you, which allows you to be like, oh my God. It's all there. I'm that deeply connected to source energy. And you can call that Allah. You can call that God. You can say, yeah, there's nothing. There's just the universe. It all works. It doesn't make a difference. We are all connected at that deep, essential, spiritual level. So for me, that's true spirituality. So, so thank you. And, and actually, you're touching on, on <clears throat> something that I think everybody religious or not, we'll probably agree on. The fact is, um, this, you said, we have the spirit, our own spirit that, that kind of manifests into this this body or avatar, I refer to it as an avatar, that operates in this this realm or world that is material, right? But in, in all beliefs, systems, it, it all, we have the, this discussion about the soul. You know, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's referred to as spirit or soul. You know, now, the soul is this being that no one understands in this this planet. I mean, really, like what it is. We know it's a. We, at least we we try to interpret it as a form of energy that, as you you stated, connected to the creation or to the universe. Uh, and then at this 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 junction here depends on your belief. You would determine if this is this 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 name or this denomination or whatever the case may be. But the fact is, everybody knows deep inside that. We tend to be, we're supposed to be good, we're supposed to be spiritual, we're supposed to be connected, we're supposed to care. And anyone that gets to the point of that level of spirituality, uh, regardless of their denomination and religion, you know, it's someone that is actually finding a way that is better of, you know, in terms of living. These are the folks that typically do not do bad things. They're typically at a higher standard in, in humanity. And 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 again, it is it is fascinating because here you are, you and I, two different religions, literally in terms of our practices. But yet, you know, there's the connection that is going to the source. And the source is that I don't I don't think we will disagree on it, is that we all feel connected to this world. We all hope and 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 thrive for a better world, for a better being, for being a better state of mind, I would say, and 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 existence, right? And and I guarantee people are watching from from whatever walks of life in different groups, you know, as you said, besides the the defined religious, you know, realms that we have, 
we all have this this level of deep seeking and i think that's that's the thing many are are not fulfilled with what they know and how they know it and regardless of where they wind up in terms of, like you said it i mean you didn't you didn't feel that you were fulfilled at, at a young age and you discovered you know this through yoga because it allowed you to get to that higher plane if you want to call it in terms of understanding and being in a zen moment i mean uh, you know uh it's it's just meditation is a big deal you know in 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 the realm of spirituality and, and meditation is really even in the religious aspect, you know, people meditate when they pray, right? You know, so so it's the same thing. Now, this is not a religious show, folks, so we're not going into that, but it's just the understanding, the spirituality versus, you know, the actual concept as a whole of religion and the concept of just the the source or uh, as the Greeks, you know, used to call it the ghost in the machine, which is the the spirit that that's running, you know, and, and frankly, like, you know, we all have that. That's the uh, the next level of us i mean it's really the true i think i believe personally this is just me i believe that the true us is our soul uh which yeah. doesn't end it just transits from one world to the other and then basically based on our presence in this particular world you know we have certain tasks to to perform and uh mainly being good and being i guess closer to to the the uh to our purpose of being here you know what i mean so so that's that's a whole different thing now now when you coach people to, to find their higher self or the higher being. I mean, and by the way, higher being here is just your best position of, of existing, yeah. being the best person that people can actually- Best version of them. yourself. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's actually, we just want to be clear because this is, you know, higher being, because for some folks maybe like seeking God, uh, this is, this is, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Same thing it, in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really, you know, being you. And if you can get to that highest level, then you'll be closer, you know, to to the universe uh, and the connection with everything that is being created in this universe. So, so, so now you use techniques and strategies to get people from nothing to to the higher potential level. What does what does that experience look like? Because you've been there with yourself. So Take us through this this journey of like me coming in completely not clear about life, not sure, you know, completely lost in this world and getting into this this realm where I can start like being more Zen, you know, and yeah. in, in a good place. Yeah. And, it, you know, I want to start with a little story around that. You know, they've done this research on on a machine, you know, where they could measure how your energy expands right and so they did these different things when you're when you're feeling angry you know how your energy is very small and very limited and when you feel into your love and your compassion your energy expands right and it was much bigger and then they found because they wanted to find out what is the thing which expands you the most which is really what is the top thing and they were actually thinking it would be love and compassion right because like what can there be greater than feeling in love and compassion for other human beings, for yourself? But they found out that when someone truly feels authentic and feels real and feels that they can express their passion and their purpose and to really authentically connect to who you are as a human being, not who I am, right, but who you are at your core. That's when the energy was the most expanded and was 10 times higher than love and compassion. So for me, this is really the starting point when I work with any one of my clients is 
to guide them to find out for themselves what is their real core purpose? What is the real thing? And I still remember this for myself. I must have been eight or nine. And I still remember the, the place I was in when I asked my mother. And, you know, up to that point, my mother was this all-knowing, you know, she had all the answers for everything always. And so I was like, oh, you know, I need to figure shit out. I'll go ask my mom. And so I was like, hey, you know, I got a question. And she's like, oh, yeah, what is it? You know, and I was like, what's the purpose of life? And she goes like, uh, uh, <laughs> and I was like, what? The, what? What? What's the answer? And she's like, this is something you need to figure out yourself. And I'm like, what? You you don't have the answer for me? <laughs> you know, I wanted, I was so ready with my eight-year-old self to just move to the next thing and be like, oh, okay, now, now I know the purpose. I can just do that. And then that was something which which impacted me at such a core level to not have someone in my life who could help me figure this out. And so for me, you know, for you, if you would come to me and say, like, let's do a first session, what I always focus on is to allow people to find clarity and to guide them a little bit closer to their own purpose. And that's different for every single person I ever worked with. You know, for someone, it might be going out in the world and serving people. For someone else, it's figuring out their relationship. For someone else, it's to become a good father for their children. Like everybody has like a different core purpose. And the moment as we're coming closer to exploring that, people start becoming just that little bit more real, that little bit more authentic. And that is something we all crave so much in today's world you know when you scroll through social media and someone is all fake and giving you like some advertisement pitch or whatever you're like whatever you know you just keep scrolling but when you meet someone who is authentically themselves even if you disagree with their beliefs or how they show up or how they dress or what what they think about politics or whatever it is but if they're truly authentic in their being you're attracted to that because you want to know more. And you're like, hey, that, that's an interesting person. That's someone I want to have as a friend because that's an authentic person. And so for me, really, all the work I do comes around as what does it truly take for you to just become that little bit more authentic and that little bit more real and that little bit more your true self? Because when you hit that point and you show up in the world in your true identity, and now it gets interesting because then it comes back to that soul spirit thing, right? Because that's what truly expresses itself. Because your true identity has nothing to do with how much hair you have on your head or if you're a man or a woman or the color of your skin or what your sexual orientation is. Those are all just the superficial things, right? But your true core identity your true authentic self. And that's the point where you can start connecting with what gives you passion, what allows you to feel purpose, what, why you want to jump out of bed at six in the morning and get to your work and get into your relationship and start creating prosperity in your life so you can share it with others because you truly connect to who you truly are. And that's, that's really all it is.
Thank you. And, you know, you, you, you touched on energy. Uh, and, you know, again, one of the key things that sometimes people cannot comprehend is that we are an energy form. I mean, everything in this universe, I mean, we're talking science and physics, everything is electrons and protons and, you know, just, just atomic level and subatomic and it's all energy related stuff. So, so there is that equation in life. And you're right. When you start looking beyond this, the facade and whatever our avatars look like, and even our, I guess, uh, inclinations in life, whatever those might be, you know, at the end we have that. And when you feel that energy and energy can get literally, uh, very easily perceived by, by people because, you get around the room and some people, they just like attract you with their energy. Some people, they just push you away with their energy. Uh, it's like frequencies and vibing, you know, going on at all once. Now, again, this is uh, probably one of those shows that is, that, that's going to get a little bit, you know, hairy because it's sometimes not really acceptable in the concept of, of how we, we see things because we perceive everything in the material spirit, you know, in material realm, but not in spiritual or energy, you know, level. But it's yeah. all one. We all those things. We have an actual energy, you know, source. That soul that we don't understand what it is is fueled, you know, at a certain point. We don't know exactly what that is, but we can discover it. We can be that person. We can be that individual. And, and by the way, this does not again cross over whatever your your religious perspectives are. You can still operate within the same thing, and the energy is still going to be there. It's just how you're going to channel it. And then, and then to your point, when you get that authentic yourself, and and I think everybody out there is looking for that authentic authenticity in themselves. The problem is sometimes we don't know how to elevate to that level. And when you get to that level, you start seeing the world differently. You're not at the same you know level as everybody else. And it's not about being at levels. It's just that you you're at a higher you know uh, I guess plane yourself. You're just like you know mm, you analyze things with more I guess wisdom. Uh, you're not rushed into, you know, decisions. You don't do stuff. And I love what you said. You can disagree with people, but you know, you don't have to go crazy with them because you are already at a different point of your your existence. That you know, okay, maybe they need some guidance. Maybe you know, I just need to give them peace and stay away from them. You become the different person as opposed to like you know, oh, let's just clash and do stuff, which a lot of of, of us do, unfortunately, and we get into everybody's face and you know, we hurt each other and things like that. So there is a level where it becomes a much better we like I, I use the word zen i mean you are more cool calm and collected individual at that rate so you you're definitely uh getting people to do that so in your strategy you you work with them to identify and highlight this particular presence within them and then finally find that real them right and so yeah. so 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 you've you work with various people i'm assuming if someone comes from a different i guess religion let's say because that's that's sometimes again these these things say you know they kind of uh get confused a little bit they come from a different belief and they they might use your services or they might say well you are going to attract us into your own views or stuff and maybe that's going to change my religious you know realm what would you say to people you know to to really make them feel that this is not the religious aspect you're not uh, trying to convert them, you're trying to get them to be a better person, and regardless yeah. of what their belief is, what would you say to those people just to clean? Oh, for me, for example, big... yeah. Sorry, you weren't done. No, no, no. I said that's just a big element that people probably would be questioning watching this show. Yeah. Oh, out of all my clients I'm working with right now, 
only one is actually you know in the in the same religion i'm everybody else is you know there's christians there's muslims there's people who are atheists and for me it's never about that you know i i always bring them back to hey what how do you feel when you go to church and when you go pray and they say oh my god i feel so amazing i feel connected with community and then we got into so why are you not going on sunday and they're like, oh, maybe I oh. should go on Sunday, <laughs> right? And so it's really, it's a tool. It's a tool that serves you. And if you enjoy how that tool serves you, I will actually be the one pushing you to go and do that because it gets you that one little bit closer to your authentic self and to your real identity. And if it doesn't serve you, you need to decide what you want to do, right? And so for me, I actually, I love working with spiritual people and I love working with religious people because they have already a concept of, of wanting something which is out there. And they've been using it through their belief in Allah or their Christian identity or whatever it is. But I love connecting with people like that because I really feel ultimately, you know, we can all either be amazing human beings or idiots it has nothing to do with our religious identity and our religious beliefs, but it has everything to do with who we are at our core, right? And how we choose to show up in the world. So for me, honestly, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm nervous around, will you try to convert me? I never once talked about my religious beliefs in a coaching session. And I have no interest in starting to do that because it has nothing. You know, I'm over the last five years, I moved so far away from religion and I, I, I have nothing even to do. When people call me a Sikh today, I'm kind of like, I don't know. You know, I don't even know if I want to be identified as religious because it's so limiting. It's so put in a box. For me, I want to connect with everybody. I want to go to churches, to synagogues, to mosques. I want to connect with beautiful people. And you can find beautiful people in a mosque, same way as you can find beautiful people at a rave. And it really has nothing to do with, you know, what, what your stamp or your label is, because the core is what makes a person. Well, well, thank you, and and by, I appreciate your answer. I mean, it's pretty clear, and 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 I love what you said about the idea that you're open to everyone. It's not a purpose to 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 deviate people from their core beliefs, rather than to I, to get them to be better at whatever they are and just elevate themselves. And you know what? That's that's a big deal because I I do believe that there is two two types of people on this planet. I don't judge people for who they are and their religion and all the stuff. You know, I mean I have my own belief in terms of the religion aspect of it and how I operate. But within that same, I do believe that there's good people and there's bad people. Now whatever their denominations, their, you know, I guess uh as they say, or their, you know, inclinations, that's theirs. But the fact is, even in particular one particular reason, you're gonna have people that are good or bad. And really, uh, even in 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 the realm of of creation, we we believe in there's a good and the evil, right? And so so to, you're either going to fall into one of these two categories. At least that's my personal opinion about things. So I'd rather I don't judge people for cheap point, as you said, like how they look, what they look, you know, like what they believe in. Rather, are they a good person? Are they a bad person? Are they gonna hurt people? Are they gonna be more loving and 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 fulfilling? And really, what are the actions, right? Like, how do they show up in the world? 
That's it. And that's what counts. And that's what counts for all of us. How do you show up in the world? How do you, what, what do you do to support other human beings? How do you show up for nature? How do you show up for the environment? Like, what are the actions you're taking? You know, don't hide behind, oh, I'm this religious, this, that, right? That's all meaningless. If you cannot transcend that and really through your actions show how you care for humanity as a whole. Well, actions speak louder than their word, right? I mean, it's just, you know, you got to talk the talk, walk the walk. And and really, that's really what it is. And if you are, if you elevate yourself, you will find yourself in the positive realm. And therefore, you'll act, your actions will behave in that such way. And if you're in the negative side, you will behave in such a way and you're going to hurt people and you're going to be not very appealing and so on and so forth. So you we have, I mean, in our belief, for example, you, we have two two afterlives choices we can even be you know and again this is some people would disagree like what the hell are you talking about well we have a great great place you know that we might be going to or a bad place based on our actions now so at least that's one of the, be the beliefs right but the concept is we decide where we go we yeah. have free will we have the freedom of choice of how we can live our lives and where we can wind up and whether that's by design in terms of you know picking our uh, religious you know realm or just by behaving correctly now everybody you know is inclined to do good i think we in our core we're supposed to be good but unfortunately there's so much negative energy that drives people into like doing bad and being very hurtful and you know i don't know killing and destroying and stuff but that's not really the true nature of where we're supposed to be that's just the evil energy or or the negative energy that's actually out there that we actually incline to like we it's again it's like a and it's usually it's usually a way to compensate for something it's for compensate yeah. for something that is missing and my favorite example is always to look at little kids if you oh, have a hundred little kids you know there is no evil in there you know you might have the one or two which are kind of, you know, taking the stick and they want to hit the puppy over the head with it. But 98 of them want to cuddle that puppy and be kind and give it some water and feed it and carry it around. And then when you look at those two who wanted to hurt the puppy, you look at their home situation, you look at how they grew up for those first five years of their life, and there's something fucked up in there. And there's some trauma in there, which those poor little two souls are trying to process through those evil in you know apprentices actions but when you truly can connect and that's what i again love about the example of children when you truly can connect with those two souls and these two little tiny human beings and you give them love and care and allow them to feel safe and secure guess what they're gonna want to be kind and give that same energy back to the world and so I, my strong belief is there's truly no inherent evil in the world. You know, and there is no bad people, but there's people who got hurt so deeply and traumatized so profoundly in their early childhood or even in their teenage or young adult years that they hardened to such a deep level where they're like, screw it. You know, I, I can go steal and kill and cheat and, be nasty and say nasty things which make other people cringe and cry and suffer. And I don't feel anything. I couldn't care less about it because I got hurt on such a deeper level. 
Well, and what, so yeah. that's yeah. kind of the concept I'm going with. Go ahead. Uh, no, I love it. And and you said actually better even than I said is the idea. There's no bad people. It's just where the circumstances and they drive from their their information that drives what their behavior. And I love the example of children because children are innocent by default. They have not been corrupted yet by the world, you know, events, and therefore they behave in a natural state. As opposed to as we start growing, we get all these influences and therefore we start packing, you know, one way or the other. And that's when our behavior becomes good or bad. And so I love that. Now, now I love what, what you do in terms of, of getting people to that level, because I think ultimately if someone gets to that elevated state, then they can become better and in, 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 in impact the, the environment differently. They'll have a better uh, I guess, outcome in their society. Uh, they'll have a better reach. They'll have a better, um, you know, just just influence in general in, in everywhere, whether at work, at family, friends, uh, in society, in, in the world. I mean, it's just that that level. And when you get there, that's great. So uh, it is, it is your job is to get people from the row level and get them into this and basically get them to a level where they can just thrive. Uh, yeah. Now, what is that time frame looks like? If you start with someone, how yeah. long does it take for someone to actually get to a point where it's like they're ready? They're ready to be on their own and 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 carry on this this torch of 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 being beautiful. Yeah, I mean, really, what I found is that in one session, which I always offer my first session for free because I don't want anyone to have to have. You know, this feeling like, oh my God, I don't have money. I can't, I can't work with this guy. But what I found with people who I just work one time with, and what I do always in the first session is I, I bring them to the point of clarity, to what they really want, what their real path is, what their real passion is. There's already so much value in just showing up for yourself by saying, Oh my God, this dude with a turban is offering me an hour of his time for free. And I'm making the step in that direction, you know, where I show up for myself. And I've been on over 50 podcasts. I make this offer every single time, you know, where I say like, if you want to know more, just contact me. I'll give you a time, I give you an hour of my time for free. Take a wild guess on how many people have taken me up on this. None? Exactly. Nobody has taken me up on taking that step towards themselves. Now, you know, let that sink in. I mean, like, seriously, you have an opportunity. It's right in front of you. You can, you don't even have to commit your own money because I'm showing up. You know, I'm investing myself. I'm investing my time. All you have to do is come with an open mind and say, okay, what is it? What can I get out of this? And people don't take this opportunity. And it, it blows my mind every single time. So that's the first step. Unless you can do that for yourself, why would you even consider hiring anyone, you know, who can help you over a longer time period? But when I have people who actually dare to come on a call with me, dare to dive deep, dare to explore themselves, 
that's people I can work with because I know they've already taken the first step. And then the second step is what I usually do is I work for pe- with people on a weekly basis over four months because what I found that's kind of like three to four months is kind of the minimum for us human beings, what we need to condition a new behavior. Because, you know, we go into the nitty gritty of, you know, as soon as we're clear on what do you want, what's your purpose, what's your passion, then it comes to how do you have to align your actions with that? How What are the things you need to do more of and what do you need to do less of? And you choose that, you know, I'm not coming in and telling you you need to meditate for six hours a day and then you need to do, do social service for another six and you need to, you know, do blah, blah, blah. It really comes down to what can you do to get yourself closer to yourself and what are the habits and patterns which you want to do less of because you know they take you away from yourself. And so we just having these weekly check-ins is so powerful because it's a little bit like a New Year's resolution on crack. Right, because we all have done, have had those New Year's resolution where we're like, we're going to go running every day, we're going to go to the gym. Actually, gym owners build their yearly budget on and around New Year's resolutions because they know on January second they get that huge spike in signups. They sign up three times the capacity of people they can actually handle in their gym because they know after two weeks. 50% have already dropped out. And after four weeks, it's at 93% of people who have dropped out. And that's the only way how gyms survive, why they can offer these super low rates for memberships, right? Because they know that many people will drop out. So what happens in the coaching process is you don't get to drop out. You're staying accountable to your own goals. Because we have that weekly check-in. So it never gets to the point where you're like, shit, you know, this is the point where I want to give up. I I cannot do this. I cannot quit smoking. I cannot get into exercise. I cannot get into healthy eating. I cannot show up for my business the way I know I have to show up for my business. And so through this consistency, people actually see some lasting change. And then after a period of three to four months, they have a base which they can then take forward and they can continue with and it becomes part of their identity and of themselves. Well, so Amrit, I know we have a hard stop, but I do have one question. What does your client uh, looks like? Like, you know, who can benefit from your services? Well, I have two different things I do. One is I work one-on-one with people where I just take a few selected clients because, you know, my time is limited. I can only work with so many people. So, I really want to leave it open to anyone who says, like, I want to work on that. I, I'm doing this new thing I'm super excited about where I very specifically work with men who are struggling in their marriages because I saw a lot of my clients that came to me were that type of client. So I wanted to create a product which was more fine-tuned, you know, more niche, more specific. And so uh, what, what I've what I'm doing there is I work with men. They're usually in their in their 40s, 50s. They've been married for a long time. They're loving husbands. They have kids. And 
but they they lose that connection with their wives. You know, the they, the gap has been widening over years and years and years, and they're like, I don't know. You know, I'm successful in my job. I have these amazing kids. You know, I'm taking good care of my health, but the one freaking thing I can't figure out is how to get along with my wife. And this is the person I love. This is the person I care for. And so I give them tools very specifically designed for that, you know, like what can you do? How can you show up? How can you create emotional intimacy again in your relationship? How can you improve your sex life? And how can you get back to that point where even though you're 20 years into your marriage, your marriage can be a better marriage after 20 years than it was after two years. And so I have a lot of passion for that. So I have a very specific program for that. So those are the types of people I work with and support. Well, thank you. And and that's that's pretty much a lot. And and I, I love what what where now you're adding this value of working with men specifically how to 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 enhance their relationships. Uh, I mean, I've had multiple shows about relationships and uh, resilient relationships with Dr. Harm and Dr. Colin Harm. Uh, that was one recent. We had a few on with Dr. Liam Naden. I mean, he's uh, he's an author. He does a lot of the work, you know, on, on the relationships. And it's always amazing because it is big, you know, of financial side. There's a lot of problems, and we get crazy. So the more we can get help, that's 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 uh, appealing. So so I'm I know we we've just about the hour here, and I know we're we're really tight in time. But I, I have absorbed a lot from today's discussion, and I know, um, you know, just we can spend hours to talk about this. is fascinating stuff, uh, especially when we're, you know, talking an elevated level in, in a discussion and beyond, you know, borders and limitations. Literally, here, uh, it makes it a lot different. Um, so uh, people can reach out to you, and you can work remotely with them. I'm assuming, right? So it's not yeah. Necessarily, all all yeah. my work is remote. I, I do everything over Zoom because it works so great. You know, like, look at us. It's like we're sitting together, you know, energetically. We're so connected in this moment. And this is just how, how my work works. And I, I love that about Zoom. It's just an amazing tool. Well, there you go. So, folks, if you're really looking to to change, to get a different perspective. And by the way, folks, what, what Amrit said about the idea of how many people took advantage of a free session it's a very common thing that I come across. Many of my guests, my, my guests, literally, and 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 super top, you know, coaches in all levels, they offer these consultations, and many, you know, many people don't take advantage of it. You know, it if it's free it's for me, we say it all the time. You know, it's an opportunity to discuss. There's nothing to lose. If anything, you'll gain because at least you'll learn something of that hour. Think about it as a seminar, webinar, whatever you want to call it, to get information. You know, people pay to, to get these places and sometimes you get this free opportunity. Why not take it? And if it goes beyond, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. Uh, it's because not every client is also suitable. So at the end of the day, you just have to figure out what it is. You might just get your answers, you know, in that first session exactly. and it's done. So, yeah. so again, take it. And maybe, you know, maybe I should just charge $500 for this session and I would get a better impact because people would actually be like, oh my God, I paid $500. So now it's really worth something to me. Well, but you hit it on because a lot of people sometimes, I mean, I've heard this before, like, well, nothing is free. What's the catch? You know, folks, this is this is like when you go to a lawyer, right? You you They charge you in the first consultation. No, they give you a free consultation so you can see your options. You know, this is the same thing. If it's coaching, you want to at least get stuff. I mean, I, I've had offers on books. I've had offers on discounts. I've had offers on free sessions. And, you know, take advantage, folks, of it. There's nothing wrong with it. If you really think you can use the service, 
inquire. That's why, again, this is just me because I, I'm always fascinated about the idea like people are missing opportunities when they might need it. Now, if you don't need it and you feel that oh, you yeah, have this, exactly. that's all good. Obviously not. But if you think this is going to be helping you in one way, shape, I mean, sometimes you might need multiple opinions. So you can do a consultation here. You can get another consultation there. You can have a therapist, whatever, and then identify all that. Maybe you can use them all. Maybe you can use none. But but do it. So again, I just wanted to highlight that because that's I think it's an interesting. It it comes along very often where I hear the same thing. I'm giving free and I'm not getting anything, and that I think stems from like people don't appreciate free because I think it's it's less value. But that's not true. You know, this is like you said, your time is more valuable than any money in the world, and so that's important. Anyways, I don't want to get you know further in that, but so I'm. I mean, I I really enjoyed our discussion today. We you know I I, I had so much fun here. And uh, we had a very highly spiritual, you know, discussion in a way uh, with some fun in it. And definitely, folks, you know, um, this is an important piece of our lives. Let's if you think that you know, there's a, an opportunity here to reach out, please do so. I will have the link uh, of where you can reach out to Amrit, you know, in the description of the show. I think it's uh, Marriage Reconnections Roadmap. Is that the one? Yeah. Well, that's the one for the specifically for the man. And so that's why I've been putting a lot of energy in there. But otherwise, just reach out to me on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. I love doing TikTok. That's like one of my little fun projects. And so just send me a message and just inquire and just start a conversation. And honestly, you don't want the session for free. You can also send me $500. I'll not say no. So whatever you want. All right. Thank you. Well, listen, I know you have places to be and uh, people to see right now. So I'm right. You know, thank you so much for being with us today. It's well, been thanks great. for having me. Oh, just one thing before you leave us, if you can give us just one or two words of wisdom before we part, you know, that's just my tradition on the show. Be yourself and have fun with it. Sweet, simple. I love it. All right. Well, Amir, thank you so much. You have a great one, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, folks, I hope you've enjoyed the show and you've picked up a few things here that can help you in your life. Uh, and that's all there is. I'm Hurricane H. We'll be talking soon. New day, new show, new topic, and new guest. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for having me, Hurricane. Bye. You're welcome. <laughs>